Welcome to the Advanced Born Global podcast. I'm Johanna Pittman, CEO of Advanced.org, the professional network for overseas Australians. This podcast introduces remarkable Australians who have built their career overseas. We celebrate their optimism, creativity and resourcefulness to succeed across the globe. In this series, we meet the 2021 Advance Award winners. During each episode, I inform the interviewee that they will receive an Advance Award. Listen out for their unfiltered and heartfelt responses. I hope you enjoy getting to know more about these inspiring global Australians. In this episode, you will meet Dr. Arjun Goyal, winner of the Technology and Entrepreneurship Award in 2021. Arjun is the co-founder and managing director of Vida Ventures in the US. His leading life sciences venture capital firm is investing in companies that translate groundbreaking science into new medicines that impact patients globally. Just if you could share with us in the simple terms, maybe how you might explain what you do to a high school audience, what you do and, and what your day-to-day looks like. So I'm, I'm a... First and foremost, I'm a doctor, I'm a physician, not just by training, but by vocation. So very motivated by patient impact and, and driving improved outcomes for, for patients globally. So that's that's really the inspiration. What I do is uh, I'm one of the co-founders and managing directors at Vita Ventures. And we're a group that is focused on translating new science, cutting edge science uh, into, uh, into new medicines for patients globally. And we do that by working with scientists, academics, physicians, entrepreneurs, and financiers uh, to make those medicines a reality uh, globally. Uh, so we're based here in the U.S., but we uh, create companies and invest in companies sitting here in the U.S., uh, in Asia, and in Europe. We have 33 companies that we've either uh, created, put together, uh, or invested in. And uh, the cumulative pipeline of those uh, 33 companies is in excess of 100 medicines uh, that they're developing and have been for, for a couple of years. So, so that's what we do uh, you know, day in, day out. Um, our focus is, is very heavily in cancer, so developing new cancer medicines and also new medicines for rare diseases and particularly rare genetic diseases. Uh, and so that's what we're known for. I would say the crux of it is, you know, I come from a family of physicians. Uh, my dad is a general practitioner in, in Southwest Sydney. Uh, my twin brother is a, is a GP as well in, in South Sydney. So, uh, so patients have been always at the core of, you know, how we were raised and what, what I've done professionally, certainly at the core of what we do at Vita. Uh, you know, the focus is more a, a global impact than a, than a one-to-one impact. And then finally, uh, I would end by saying that uh, we're really entering into a golden era in this industry our ability to uh, identify the root cause uh, of many diseases uh, and and to develop treatments that address those root causes uh, and start thinking about cures for for, different types of cancers and rare diseases. It's the first time in, you know, really in in, certainly in medical history that we can start talking about, you know, cures. Uh, And so that's what certainly I find the most exciting about uh, what I do uh, here and what we do uh, at Vida, particularly in areas that like cancer, where you know, a lot of people thought it was a death sentence. Interesting, your your family background in in Sydney, and yet I know you've had a lot to do with the Victorian government. How did that come about? And I love that, by the way. Like, mm. just I, you know, I'm I'm really not a big fan of all the state-to-state <laughs> rivalry, especially when you're overseas. But I'm just wondering how that came yeah. about. 
Okay, so I'm a, a, a native Sydney sider, but I went down to Melbourne to do my medical degree. So I was an undergrad at the University of Melbourne, which is really you know where my professional journey started. Uh, Melbourne, and particularly the University of Melbourne, has a, a research-orientated uh, bent when it comes to medicine. So I had a number of mentors as an undergrad, you know, who opened up my eyes to the world of medical research and how that could be integrated into clinical practice. And so I oriented it towards a career where I wanted to combine medicine and research from my undergrad days and, and develop some very good networks with uh, the research institutes uh, and the faculty there in my mid-20s. Uh, then there was a you know, 10, 15-year interlude where I did my training back in Sydney uh, at RPA, Westmead, Nepean uh, in, in medicine and, uh, uh, and then went overseas to do further research and, and training in the UK and then finally here in the U.S. But I always kept my ties very active, you know, certainly towards the research community and the biotech community in Melbourne and to a lesser degree, Sydney. I shouldn't say this, but if there is a, an epicenter of, of, of biotech and, and medical research in Australia, it is, it is Melbourne. And when we uh, co-founded Vita Ventures, uh, which we did about five, six years ago, we, uh, at least I made it an effort to, uh, you know, to make sure that we worked very closely with the, with you know, state governments, particularly the Victorian government, which is very active uh, for clinical trials, running clinical trials uh, in Australia. And so we actually have a number of companies uh, that run clinical trials in Australia. We also have uh, helped put together a company called Praxis Precision Medicines, where the founding research uh, comes from the Howard Floor Institute in, in Melbourne. Uh, now that company is actually listed here uh, on the NASDAQ. It's, a, it's about a billion dollar company. Uh, but the initial research came from Melbourne. And the trials right now, and they're running a number of trials, but many of the trials are being run in Melbourne. So we, we've done that as a group for Praxis Precision Medicines, but we've also done that in, in oncology, uh, in, in cancer medicines. We have a number of uh, companies running their cancer trials, uh, certainly in, the, in Australia, but with a focus in Melbourne. So I've got to know the some of the key actors, just not on the research side, but also on the government side and, and also on the, uh, on the venture side. They have a trade commissioner, you know, here, Nathan Elia, you know, who's, who served as a very effective interface uh, between coordinating efforts, you know, statewide efforts in Victoria that can then be discussed with the biotech players here, here in, in Boston, also in San Francisco. And so he uh, did indicate that, you know, there, there is a concerted push to put together this mRNA facility, uh, you know, factory in Victoria. Uh, there is a concerted push also beyond Victoria. I think various state governments are involved and even the federal government is involved. But our role here in the U.S. in biotech and venture, we're you know, well regarded. We have very good networks uh, with companies like Moderna and the senior teams there. So we've you know, helped facilitate dialogue uh, introductions, but also important dialogue between uh, certainly between you know, Nathan and his counterparts in Melbourne and the government there, as well as you know, Moderna. Uh, that's one example, but there are multiple examples. I, again, I think that if I take a step back, Australia has such a rich, I would say, heritage in medical research, uh, biomedical research. It's now, and, and I would also say that our industry is entering into an, a golden era where a lot of that you know, research you know, globally is now being translated into new medicines. Uh, and so I do think that Australia has a very unique opportunity to, to emerge as a leader in what is a very uh, new, very innovative space. And certainly at Vita, we've tried to help in many ways, one of which is you know, the modern experience. So reflect on where you think the Australia's medical research and biotech industry is at the moment and what's this moment right now looking like? 
Uh, I would say two things. There are two questions embedded there. One is around medical research, Australian medical research, and the second is around the Australian biotech industry. They're linked, um, and I'll start with the medical research industry. So I would say that the Australian medical research you know, industry is as strong as it's been for a very long time, for decades. Australian medical research is, has been uh, valued globally, particularly in the fields of, uh, of cancer medicine, uh, immunology, uh, the study of viruses, virology, microbiology, for decades. Uh, and we have a number of world-class research institutes, including the Howard Florey, uh, Walter Eliza Hall in Melbourne, you know, the Berghofer Institute in Brisbane, and uh, the Garvin Institute in Sydney. So truly world-class scientists, and also a history of decades of world-class publications and research, some of which has led to world-leading drugs. So the you know, the HPV vaccine, the cervical cancer vaccine, came from Ian Fraser uh, in Queensland. The One of the first drugs for Amgen, which is uh, GMCSF, which is for you know, uh, blood cancers came from the Walter Eliza Hall and, and Doug Hilton. So we, we have this rich history of world-class medical research. When it comes to biotech, which is now the second part of the question, you know, what we don't have is the companies we have here in the U.S. or in Europe. We don't have the Genentechs or the Biogen IDEX of the world. These are, you know, biotech behemoths that, that were started 15, 20, 25 years ago and have created a real ecosystem of translating you know, research into the new generation of medicines, medicines for, for cancer or for rare genetic diseases, uh, like you know, gene therapies and cell therapies and, and, and these antibodies. Um, and so Australia lacks that champion, that global champion. We're close when it comes to other areas in healthcare, like you know, in CSL and for biomanufacturing, that's a global champion. Uh, for cochlear and resmed in the medical devices uh, space, uh, they're global champions. But when it comes to biotech and the development of therapies for you know for cancer and uh, and, and genetic diseases, we don't have that. And, and why don't we have that is a very good question. I think uh, you know historically uh, there are two things uh, that drive success in biotech. One is world class science, which we have. The second is very robust private and public capital markets. And so the reason why capital markets are important or financing is important is it's very expensive to develop uh, these drugs. It can cost anywhere from several hundred, hundreds of millions of dollars to a few billions of dollars to develop these new medicines. And what that has you know, required is, is, is very robust uh, both you know, government support and private capital support of strong venture capital industry. I should say that very few places you know, globally have robust private capital markets and, and venture capital. The U.S., Yes, uh, I would even say, you know, Europe is not there. Uh, certainly, um, you know, China is getting there. Uh, it's not where the U.S. is. The, the U.S. is, uh, you know, one step ahead of, of, of a lot of other places. So I do believe that once uh, the right incentives are put in place to support, you know, what is a very risky endeavor developing a drug, and there's no reason why we can't get there because, um, you know, we have the sophistication when it comes to capital markets around mining, which is also a very risky endeavor, uh, to shift some of that into biomedical research uh, and then to get some talent from Europe and Australia uh, and, and the U.S. Uh, back to Australia. And by talent, I mean entrepreneurial managers who've you know, been in pharma or biotech. And that's already starting to happen. So, so I, I do believe that the, the future is very bright for Australia and coincides as this industry truly globalizes and also enters into a renaissance or really a, a golden era as it pertains to, to biomedical innovation. Oh, that's uh, fantastic. Thank you for providing that additional layer. 
Um, I wanted to let you know, and I'm not sure if this comes as a complete surprise, but the other reason we wanted to get you on screen and, and be able to have a chance to meet with you we wanted to let you know that in addition to obviously being a finalist, that you're actually the winner of this category. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. My work is, is, is it's like a vacation, uh, you know, for me. So, I, you know, the path I've, you know, gone down is, a, is, a, is an atypical path. Uh, and, and I did it because, uh, you know, of, uh, I'm, I'm getting a bit uh, uh, emotional. Uh, Oh, I've you know my life, my career you know has heavily been heavily been influenced you know by uh, the experience of being a first generation immigrant. Uh, you know my parents came uh, to Shirley with with next to nothing uh, in the mid eighties. Uh, Shirley gave uh, gave us uh, the opportunity to uh, to follow our dreams, uh, a world class education, uh, and and really shaped me through uh, you know through uh, opening my eyes up to you know to to what you know, I could do combining my passions for research and, and, and medicine. Uh, and that, you know, that's really a credit to uh, my mentors from, from the University of Melbourne. Uh, uh, and I've stayed true to that, you know, for, for 20 years. And I, look, you know, look forward to, to staying true to that, you know, for the next 20, uh, particularly now that we're entering into a golden era uh, in, in, in our industry, you know, where the way that medicines are being developed today uh, they're being developed by, you know, small, you know, startups, entrepreneurial startups, you know, really globally. Uh, they're no, lo no longer being developed by the big pharmaceutical companies. More than half, if not more, of, of, of medicines out there are being, you know, see their uh, see their um, start in, in small biotech companies. Uh, and, and so that's what I focus on. Uh, and I also see that opportunity, you know, in, in Australia as this industry, you know, comes comes of age. Uh, with its heritage, uh, strong heritage in medical research, the opportunity to uh, to emerge as a, you know, excuse me, as, as a leader, uh, as really a, a true global leader uh, in in in, the, in this new industry. So it means a lot. It means a lot. Congratulations. When you were going through your medical training, did you expect to be at the front line of fund raising funds, but also starting new companies? Sure. If you ask me, you know, 20 years ago, would I would I be a, a VC? I would say no. If you ask me 20 years ago, you know, would I be doing something where I would have where I would have a real impact uh, on on patients uh, and also uh, impact on patients globally? Uh, the answer is absolutely yes. So, so the question for me was always, you know, where could I, you know, where where could I get real impact on patients globally? And again, that that comes from from two places. The first is being raised. Uh, in a family of physicians, where well, I was I was raised in my dad's surgery. So the, the, we have two brothers, a twin brother, a younger brother. We were all raised in my uh, dad's practice, in, which was at the time in the western suburbs in St. Clair, St. St. Mary's. Uh, and so we saw the, at least I saw uh, the dedication that he had to, to his craft uh, and, and to his patients that made a huge impression on, on me. Uh, and then, you know, my time at the University of Melbourne. Uh, where again, for the first time, I was introduced to medical research. I had some tremendous mentors uh, like Graham Brown, uh, Roger Short, uh, uh, Gus Nossel. Uh, these are champions in, in the medical research complex uh, in, in Australia. And so they opened my eyes to this, this new world. And for me, what I found incredible is that you, know, you could have a big impact, which is what I was looking for, you know, on, on patients through new insights uh, in diseases and developing new medicines for those diseases 
And actually, the first company I started, I started with uh, Roger Short, who was a, a professor of reproductive endocrinology at the University of Melbourne. Uh, he He's credited with co-founding Australia's first biotech company, Circadian, in the mid-80s. Mid and, you know, we uh, started a company that was focused on HIV medicines. And I was in my you know, mid to late 20s at the time. I didn't know uh, any better, but that's that's really how I started into this journey through, uh, you know, a combination of coming from a family of physicians and also, you know, what I saw and what I learned, uh, you know, in Australia, in Melbourne. Uh, yeah, and yes, that's taken me, you know, to, to the UK, to Oxford and Cambridge and, and now to the US and all these, uh, you know, these places that I would read about when I was young. But I've, you know, tried to stay true to, to certainly what I saw as a young medical student and through, through the eyes of my mentors. And I, I would say the beautiful thing about this industry is it's, it's, it's really that simple is that if you really focus on good science and really focus on what, what can make an impact on, on patients' lives, uh, then you can, you know, you can create a lot of, uh, create a lot of success. Fantastic. And why is entrepreneurship important right now? You could be focused on patient outcomes, but why is entrepreneurship important? Sure. Entrepreneurship is critical to the development of new medicines because science uh, and human biology is very risky. And the reality is as we put together teams and new companies that are looking to find a cure for cancer or find a cure for uh, a rare disease, the actual probability or the chance that that venture, that new venture succeeds is you know, 2%, 5%, 8%, 10% maximum when we enter into it, uh, which is really at the beginning. And so it's a very, very high risk uh, endeavor. And part of the reason why I like it certainly appeals to the idealist and humanist in me, as you've heard. But, it, you know, these are David and Goliath battles that we enter into that we, you know, really are looking to win. So it also appeals to the underdog in me, which is a very Australian thing. And the way we do that is by really putting together teams of not just scientists, but scientists and physicians, entrepreneurs and financiers, so we can capture both the, the creativity that's, re that's required, but also, you know, we have to create a path that does not exist. And so you have to see the kernel of, of possibility where others are, are really not seeing anything. And so that requires the entrepreneurial, I would say, you know, the not just the entrepreneurial ambition, but also the entrepreneurial you know, now, not just to see it, but then to actually make it happen. Uh, and so that's really what we're focused on. And what I'm focused on is, you know, not just providing capital, but we're operator entrepreneurs. It's not writing a check. It's about making the teams that, you know, we put together, you know, these medicines, you know, may not exist or would not exist. And so we have to make that happen. Oh, that's Perfect. Thank you, Arjun. I think my very final little question would be just, again, thinking about that high school audience or maybe university with a big slog ahead. What would be a piece of advice you'd share to motivate them in their journey, as particularly if they're interested in having an impact in, in human health? What would you advise them to think? So I, I would give, you know, really two pieces of, of, of advice. The, the first piece is you really have to, uh, you know, follow your passion, uh, but follow it uh, by working with the very, very best in your field, wherever, wherever that takes you. And, you know, through that, you learn not just the, the, the knowledge part, but you also learn what it takes to be at the very highest level. Because at least in medical research, um, the question is not, you know, necessarily being the best in the world, 
you know, it's operating at that level. So you're at a stage where you can fight uh, human biology, human disease, that complexity, which is a level above our knowledge as a society. So we're always in these battles where, you know, human disease is one step ahead, two steps ahead, even multiple steps ahead. Uh, and so we have to really put our best foot forward. And that's why, you know, science for medical research is really a collaborative endeavor with the best and brightest minds, you know, globally. And so the first piece of advice is to go seek the very best in your fields, you know, wherever that takes you. And the second is, uh, I would say, you know, there, there are many roads that lead to Rome. So there's always the tried and tested path and there's, you know, the, the paths which are less trodden. Uh, but I think, uh, again, in an industry which is inherently creative, where you have to create these medicines, they wouldn't exist otherwise. You have to develop a mindset where you're, you know, you're seeing that kernel of possibility and for that, you know, you have to be flexible and open to opportunity and open to the unpredictability that can be thrown at you sometimes. So uh, so th- those are the two pieces of advice. One is seek out and work with the very best. And the second is to be very open-minded and look for the past less trodden. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more on the winners of the 2021 Advance Awards, please go to our website, advance.org. You can scroll through and learn more about over 150 game changers who have been recognised by Advance over the last 10 years.